closing the gap today, closing the gap. Click the share button right now. I got a word from God to help your friends, your family, your neighbors, your coworkers, everybody on your social media platform. As we look at our key verse for the series, James chapter one, verse number two says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work. I'm going to really focus in on verse verse four today so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So we've been talking about in this series that we all have problems and we've been learning that we have to have the right perspective on our problems and the scripture teaches us to count them all joy because every problem is a place of testing and when we pass the test it leads to promotion when we pass the test it leads to closing the gap for our dreams to become a reality and so I want to talk about another test today if you missed one of the tests we've been talking about through the series get on YouTube get on the app watch the messages so that you can learn how to pass the test to see your dream come to pass. And today we're going to talk about the time test. The time test. James says, let perseverance finish its work. And sometimes God's work is finished quickly and instantly, but oftentimes it takes days, weeks, months, even years for God to finish his work and bring our dreams to pass. The time test is how you handle the in-between season. The time test is how you respond to the waiting season. And this test is not an easy test to pass because we live in a society, we live in a culture that despises the in-between season. We live in a world that we like everything right now. We want it now. We, we want instant, overnight Prime, express lane, call ahead waiting, online check-in, instant messaging. We love now pre-check lines. Uh, we, we got apps to avoid traffic. We got to get there now. We got grocery shopping, pickup or delivery, fast food, drive-up lanes. And, and nowadays, I love the restaurants where they've got fast food and now they got two drive-up lanes. You know what I'm talking about? Not only two drive-up lanes, but now they got people out there waiting to get your order in those two drive-up lanes. And I get frustrated. Where are the person at? Why aren't they out here today? Where are you? Hey, what's the, hey where are your people? I don't want to wait. We, wanna, we want it now. Instapot and instant coffee and faster internet. Come on, fiber. 5G cell. Matter of fact, there are some gyms that now you can look on the app and it will show you how crowded the gym is. If somebody's on your elliptical, you know it before you get there. And there are literally companies around the world strategizing about how to eliminate waiting. We live in a culture where we just do not value waiting. Waiting is not an 
option. We try to eliminate waiting out of our lives. And, and you know what? Many of the things that I mentioned, I, I like them. They've added value to my life. I thank God for uh, all of the advancement that we've had. And yet, if we're not careful because we want everything right now and we become conditioned to this, whenever we have to wait, we get frustrated. Whenever we have to wait, we get irritated. Matter of fact, I've seen people that are having to wait and they blame it on the devil. Because we just don't like to wait. It must be the devil doing it. It's the devil. Maybe not. Because there's always a waiting season in between the dream becoming a reality. And then while you're waiting and you get a little frustrated in our right now culture, then you look on social media. And you get even more restless. You get more frustrated because you're seeing people post their dream vacation. Their dream house they got, their dream car and their dream spouse or their dream date, their dream fiance. They're, they're posting all of their dreams on, 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 online and you're looking at their dream and their dream job and their dream promotion. And you started getting a little agitated on the inside because you're thinking if their dream is happening right now, why isn't mine happening? I mean, they're seeing their dream already come to pass. Why isn't my dream happening? Why is it taking so long? And in the in-between season, we can get so frustrated and so irritated and end up failing the test. And we don't honor God in the in-between season because we do not value waiting. And the truth be told, I am not preaching at you I rarely do because the raw reality is waiting on God to show up waiting on God to move waiting on God to bring the promise to pass waiting on God to step in waiting on God to intervene waiting on God for your dream to happen is not easy but church we have to learn how to wait on God Waiting on God is something you see all throughout the Bible. Abraham and Sarah, I'm going to talk about them today, had to wait almost 25 years for the promise. You look at Joseph. Joseph had to wait 17 years from the dream that he had to become a reality. David waited around 15 years from being anointed the king of Israel before he actually became the king of Israel. The children of Israel waited 40 years in the desert to get to the promised land. Jesus waited 30 years to begin his public ministry. Waiting is all throughout the Bible. It's the time test. Scripture says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse number 1, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Now, now let me teach this real quick. This verse lets us know that we don't all live in the same season at the same time. So there are different seasons for all of us. So don't you be jealous when somebody else is enjoying a harvest season while you're still in a planting season. Remember, everybody has to plant. There's a planting season. There's a waiting season and there's a harvesting season. And your harvest season will come if you will just pass the test and wait on God. 
Habakkuk says this in chapter 2 in verse number 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. This is a key word right here. Everybody say appointed. Oh, you didn't say it. Come on, everybody say appointed. Come on, I need you to write that. I need you to write that on the, on the chat line right now. Come on, with five or six of you, just write appointed, 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 appointed. For the vision, the dream, is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. I want you to, to grasp, there are appointed times. There are appointed times. The dream that God has given you, there is an appointed time on God's calendar. God knows what he is doing, and he is in control of this world. He's in control of your life, and God is not caught by surprise at where you are in life. He has an appointed time. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 18, verse 14, about the couple that we're going to talk about today, Abraham and Sarah. It says this, they were waiting on this promised child. God promised them a child and they were waiting for years and have not seen the child yet. And the scripture says this, is anything too hard for the Lord? Come on, while you're waiting on God, that's the question. Is anything too hard for the Lord? He says, I will return to you at the appointed time. Next year, and Sarah will have a son. Church, there are, there are appointed times on God's calendar. Here's the one big idea that I'm, I want to talk to you about today. This is the idea that I want to weigh heavy on our hearts today as we process this time test. And here's the big idea for today. Do not run ahead of God. Do not run ahead of God. He has an appointed time. Learn to wait on the Lord. We're going to look at this with Abraham and Sarah. There was a man that went to go visit his friend. His friend loved God with all his heart. His friend was sold out to God. And as he got to his friend's house, he opened up the door and he saw his friend just frantically pacing across the floor. He was just pacing back and forth, back and forth. And he had a look on his face and his friend knew there's something wrong. There's some, what is wrong? Did somebody die? Did something happen? Did he get a bad doctor's report? Because he is wearing out the carpet, pacing back and forth. And he finally mustered up the nerve to ask his friend. He said, man, what is wrong with you? What happened? What is wrong? He said, let me tell you what's wrong. I'm in a hurry. And God's not. That's exactly where we find Abraham and Sarah. I'm in a hurry. And God's not. And Abraham and Sarah, they had this promise from God. You're going to have a son. You're going to have a promised child. And from a human perspective, time was running out. Tick, 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 tick. Time was running out on Abraham and Sarah. Sarah and the Bible says that Abraham was in his mid 80s and Sarah was in her mid 70s. They're supposed to have a child and they're getting old and they start to think God's not going to show up. We need to help God out. We need to kind of make this dream happen ourselves. And they ran ahead of God. 
And the scripture says it like this in Genesis chapter 16, verse number one. Now, Sariah, whose name was later changed to Sarah, and Abrams, whose name was later changed to Abraham, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. But, the, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sariah said. And here's Sariah, who's later... Her name was Sarah. She's fed up waiting on God. Abraham, do something. We're getting old. God promised us this child. Nothing is happening. I don't know what God is doing. I don't know where God is. I think we need to help the Lord out. We can't just sit back and wait. We can't just do nothing. And Abraham was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. So go take her and sleep with this Hagar and we'll build a family through her. And Abraham was like, okay, that's, 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 that's what we're we going to do. I'll have a baby with her. And, and church, don't become too critical of Abraham and Sarah. Because all of us have run ahead of God. We, we all have. I think back. In college, I was dating a girl, and I was a Christian. She was a Christian, and yet the relationship was toxic. It was not a healthy relationship. But because of my own just insecurity and what I was just wrestling with, I just thought, I got to have this girl, and I thought, I'm going to marry this girl, and, and yet I had no peace. But you know what I was doing? I just said, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to run ahead of God. I'm just going to be with this girl. And... She had more sense than I had, and she broke up with me because she knew it was, not, it was toxic. But you know what I did? I said, you know what? I'm going to get this girl back. I don't have any peace, but I need her. I got to have me a woman. I'm going to marry her. And so I just nagged her and called her until she finally got back with me. And it didn't make our relationship any better. It was still toxic. It was, I still had no peace. I still knew that, man, this is not the Lord. But I kept just running ahead of God thinking, I've got to be with this girl. And, and finally, I submitted to the Holy Spirit. I surrendered to God. Didn't know how it was going to work out. And I ended up breaking up with that girl and called off the relationship. I wonder where my life would have been if I would have just kept running ahead of God. I would have just made matters worse for my own life because church, the only only thing worse than waiting on God is wishing that you had. And I found myself not waiting on the Lord and I would have missed out on dreams that God had for my life. Here's what I want to teach you for the next few moments. I want to give you four wise ways to wait. Four wise ways to wait. To see your dream become a reality. There's always a waiting season. It's the time test and there's a right way to wait. Four wise ways to wait. Number one, is this wait with trust wait with trust Abraham and Sarah had to learn to trust God with the promise that they that God had given them they had to learn to wait and I, here's what I want to do for the next few moments we're going to talk some about Abraham and Sarah and then I want to look at one of the Psalms 
Psalm chapter 37. And we're going to kind of parallel. We're going to put those two together in the teaching today. Psalm 37, because this beautiful psalm gives us rich insight on how to wait on God in the in-between season. Psalm chapter 37 in verse number four says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything to the Lord. Trust him. Trust him and he will help you. You see, the scripture says that God will give us the desires of our hearts. So when you trust God, when you lean on the Lord, what happens is God places his desires inside of you. You you might have wrong desires and bad dreams, but then God, as you seek God and serve God, he changes your desires and makes your desires his desires. He puts his desires and dreams on the inside of you. And then the Bible says, as you trust him, he will help you. He will bring those desires to pass. You see, whenever you keep trusting God, waiting is never wasted. It's not wasted. The key is we have to trust God more than we trust ourselves. And that's not easy, church, because when the promise is delayed, it's easy to start trusting our own thoughts, our own ways, our own wisdom, our own ingenuity, instead of trusting in the Lord. And we cannot trust our thoughts and our ideas more than we trust the Lord. Because whenever we trust our thoughts and our ideas more than we trust the Lord, we'll find ourselves like Abraham and Sarah, birthing burdens instead of blessings. The only thing worse than waiting on God is wishing that you had. And the writer of Proverbs says in chapter three and verse number five, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. That's what I had to do. This relationship in college, it, 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 was not, it was not God. I was running ahead of God. And I had to submit that to the Lord. And he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. And that's key. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Lean on God, not on yourself. Isaiah 55 and, and, and verse number 9 says that God's thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And God's ways are higher than our ways. And so church, when we're in the in-between season, we got to wait by trusting God. Don't start leaning on your own understanding. Don't start leaning on your own wisdom. Don't you run ahead of God. Trust God in the waiting season. Number two is this. Wait with a quiet soul. Wait with a quiet soul. This is something that Abraham and Sarah had to learn, to wait on God with a quiet soul. The psalmist says this in Psalm 37 in verse number seven, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm for the wicked will be destroyed. But those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. They'll see their dreams come to pass. He says, be still in God's presence. Church, we got to learn to be still versus being restless. Be still in God's presence. Rest in God's presence. Enjoy God's presence. Enjoy everyday life. 
Church, you got to learn to enjoy the in-between seasons until God opens the next door, praise him in the hallway. You, you got to learn to enjoy the in-between seasons. Church, can I tell you, this has been on my heart for weeks to, to share with you, to help you with today. Pastor, why do we have to learn to enjoy the in-between seasons? Because most of life is lived in the in-between most of life is lived in the in-between season. Everybody is trying to get to somewhere. Everybody's trying to reach some goal. Everybody is trying to see some kind of dream happen. But most of life is spent in the in-between season. And you can get so focused on the dream, you can get so focused on the goal that you miss the beauty of the in-between season. And your life is just restless. You're constantly anxious. And church, I know this from personal experience. You see, in life, we tend to go from goal to goal to goal or from dream to dream to dream. And, and we have this goal. And once the goal happens, we have a new goal. And once that goal happens, we have a new goal. We have, we have a dream. And once that dream happens, we have a new dream. And then once we do accomplish that dream, we, we have another dream that we're going for. And, and most of our life is spent in the in-between season. There's a goal. Now we got this goal. And there's the in-between season. There's a dream. I got this dream. I see this dream happen. And now I got this dream. But there, there's the in-between season. And if you don't learn to enjoy God, God's presence and the beauty of the in-between, you'll live most of your life restless and anxious because most of life is lived in the in-between season. I know this from personal experience. I have spent, I've spent years struggling with this. I remember graduating from, from college and I started traveling full-time. Tiffany and I got married and started traveling and Boy, it was my goal. If I could just get my calendar book up, booked up. Oh, God, let me get six months out on my schedule. And God, God blessed. It was a dream. Six months out, then, then 12 months out, then 18 months out of being scheduled. And, but you know what? I wasn't, I wasn't satisfied because I had a new dream. I thought, you know, I was still restless. I thought, well, you know what? If I can just start speaking at conventions and, and, and bigger audiences. And guess what? That, that dream happened. And I thought, well, well, if I can just start speaking at some these kind of churches. I want to go to these kind of churches in these states. And, and guess what happened? The doors opened and, and God opened those doors. And, and I was still restless on the inside. I was still anxious and, and not happy. And then, and then God called Tiffany out to start People's Church. And when we started People's Church in the Quell Springs Mall there at the AMC Theater in, in Oklahoma City, if you're not familiar, there's a mall here. And we started there at the AMC Theater. And, and I thought, you know what, boy, we just got to get to a place that somehow we can just, just feed our family because we, we started the church and didn't take any kind of salary at all. We just got to be able to eat and, and, and God provided. I thought, well, the church, well, we just got to see it grow. But if we can just grow and move to a bigger theater. And guess what? We moved to a bigger theater and we start running six, seven hundred in the movie theater. Oh, God. But I wasn't happy if we could just get some land. We get some land in a building. And guess what? God provided land and we built our first building. I thought, woo, we could just break a thousand. Guess what? The first Sunday in that new building, we broke a thousand, never fell under a thousand. You think that your pastor would be happy. Oh, no. 
Oh, we got to get to 2,000. There's so many more people to reach because I always had a pure motives of, man, we got to reach more people. I've always had a heart for the lost and the broken and the disenfranchised. But yet there was this restlessness that I didn't know. Not, I did not learn how to be still in the presence of the Lord. So I always had this anxiousness. Oh, God, if we could get to 1,000, we did. Oh, God, we got to reach more people. If we can get to 2,000, guess what? We got to 2,000. Oh, I'll be happy. Oh, more. But no, no, I wasn't happy still. Get to 3,000. Oh, we can just launch more campuses. Let Lord have mercy I was wearing myself out. I was addicted to growth. I was addicted to progress and restless on the inside. You know what I learned about life? And my wife can tell you I've grown a lot. I'm more happier than I've ever been. And I'm still full of dreams. Still got major goals. But I have just learned that the journey is just as important as the destination. Matter of fact, I will go back up and say the journey is more important than the destination. And you've got to learn to be still in the presence of the Lord. And the Bible says be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently. Or you're going to live your life restless and anxious because most of life is lived in the in-between season. Here's the second thing about wait with a quiet soul. And that is be still versus worrying about others. Be still versus worrying about others. He said this in Psalm 37. I read it to you. He says, don't worry about evil people. In other words, church, don't worry about everybody else's success and dreams. You run your race. That's a word for somebody today. You run your race. Some of you need to get off social media. It's driving you crazy. It's driving you bonkers. You're so focused on what everybody else is doing. You focus on what everybody else is driving, what everybody else is wearing. You focus on, focus on what everybody else is doing at work and, and where everybody else is living. And, and you're so focused on what, what, what are they doing? What are they, what are they eating? What are, they, are they going on vacation again? What are they doing? What are their kids? Their kids playing sports? What are their grandkids doing? And you get so focused on watching other people. It is robbing you of peace and joy right now. It's causing you to worry. It's causing you to run ahead of God. And church, can I say, worry never works. Luke chapter 12 and verse 25 says, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? You can't out one minute to your life by worrying. You can't add an hour to your life by worrying. And he says, since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? How do we wait wisely? We got to be still versus worrying about what everybody else is doing. And there's a there's a third way that we wait with a quiet soul. And that is be still versus being angry. Be still versus being angry. This, this verse said, I read it to you, it said, stop being angry. Stop losing your temper because it only leads to harm. When, when our dreams aren't happening fast enough, and some of you are right here. This is where you are right now. You're angry at God. You're angry with people. Because you're thinking, God, I've got this dream. I've got this dream for my life, for my family, for, for career, for, for finances, for health. I've got this dream for my life, and it's not happening fast enough. And some of you are literally angry with God, and you're angry with other people because the dream is not happening fast enough. And James teaches us in chapter 1 and verse 20. He says, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. There is this thing called godly anger, but oftentimes we end up in the flesh with human anger and it will not produce what we're after 
And so we got to learn to wait with a quiet soul. Let me give you a third wise way to wait, a third, third wise way to wait. And that is wait with action. Wait with action. Abraham and Sarah waited with action. Matter of fact, you look at their story, Genesis chapter 12. They had to, God gave them a dream. He's, I'm going to bless you. You're going to be as your, your, your descendants will be as numerous as the stars on the earth and the, in the earth and the Bible says the stars in the sky. And then God says, leave. And they left Haran. They, they started moving forward. They were taking steps of faith forward. You wait with action. Psalm chapter 37 and verse 23 says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall. For the Lord holds them by the hand. This verse teaches us that while we're waiting, we should be stepping. Waiting is not passive. Waiting is not doing, just doing nothing at all. You should be stepping while you're waiting. But notice the scripture says this. It says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. Don't direct your own steps. Let God direct your steps. Don't move unless God says move. Don't go unless God says go. Let the Lord direct your steps, but you'll be tempted in the waiting season to try to direct your own steps. Let the Lord direct your steps. You say, Pastor, what do I do while I'm waiting on God to show me the next step? Pastor, I'm in the in-between season. I just don't know what to do. I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting on my next step. What do I do while I'm waiting on my next step? What you do while you're waiting on your next step is you do what you know to do while you're waiting keep doing what you know to do your most important step is to do the last step that God showed you you got to stay faithful to keep doing what God already told you to do so many people don't close the gap and see their dream become a reality because they get restless and they start taking their own steps and God didn't tell you to take those steps and you got to be faithful to continue to do what God has already told you to do. When you don't know what to do, do what you know to do. Psalm 37 verse 27 says this back in that text. It says, turn from evil. He says, here's some steps you need to take. Turn from evil and do good. And you will live in the land forever. I'm going to bless you. You're going to see the promise come to pass. Don't do evil. Don't start sinning. Keep doing good. Keep serving God. Keep reading your Bible. Keep praying. Keep going to church. Keep worshiping. Keep working hard at your job. Keep loving people. Keep raising those children. Keep investing in your grandchildren. Keep loving your spouse. Keep dating with integrity and purity. Just keep doing what you know to do. Psalm 37, verse 34, it goes on. This, this, psalm, this psalm is power packed with how to wait on God. It says in Psalm 37, 34, wait for the Lord and keep his way. You say, Pastor, what do I do when I don't know what to do? You keep doing what you know to do. Keep God's way. Keep God's word. And he will exalt you to inherit the land. You will look on when the wicked are cut off. God will bring the dream to pass. Wait with action. Number four is this. Wait with commitment. This is huge. Wait with commitment. I'm going to take you back to a couple of verses I've, I've already read. But I want to shed some fresh insight on those verses. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit. Everybody say commit. 
Come on, 10 people right there watching online, just write the word commit, write the word commit. Come on, get that word out. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust in him and he will help you. Commit. Wait with commitment. Psalm 37, verse 7. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently. In other words, do not give up. Wait patiently for him to act. Do not give up. Listen, don't walk away in the delay. Wait on the Lord. Wait with commitment. Abraham did not walk away when the promise was delayed. He did not walk away. Matter of fact, Roman tells us Abraham's response, even after he messed up and he ran ahead of God and he fell. But the scripture, it kind of just summarizes Abraham and, and what was going on in his life in Romans chapter four and verse 18. It says against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations just as it had been said to him so shall your offspring be without weakening in his faith i mean abraham knew he was old sarah's womb was dead how are they gonna have a baby but the bible says he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and that sarah's womb was also dead i love verse 20 yet he did not waver he kept believing he did not give up he was not seeing the dream happen as quickly as he wanted but the scripture says let me summarize the bible says yet he did not waver through unbelief that's a word for somebody today you're waiting on your promise to happen do not waver do not give up he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of god but was strengthened in faith and gave glory to god being fully persuaded that god had the power to do what he had promised. And somebody needs to know that God still has the power to do what he promised you. Do not give up. Abraham did not give up. My life verse, my life verse is Galatians 6 and verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good. For the proper time, God has a proper time. God has an appointed time. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I think that in the movie Finding Nemo, that Dora, Dor Dory, she, she gives Marlon the best advice. Preaches it better than I can preach it. Check out this video. Hey, what you doing? It's gone. I've lost the mask. Would you drop it? You dropped it. That was my only chance of finding my son. Now it's gone. Hey, Mr. Grumpy Gills. When life gets you down, you know what you gotta do? I don't wanna know what you gotta do. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. What do we do? We swim, swim. Dory, no singing. Oh, 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 I love to swim in. Dory. When you want to swim, you want See, to See, I'm gonna get stuck on. now with that song. Now it's in my head. Sorry. You're not seeing your dream come to pass. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Don't you give up. 
Pastor, I had to file for bankruptcy last year and I got a dream for my money. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Pastor, I've been wanting to get married for years and still haven't found a spouse. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Pastor, I slipped up and did drugs again. I said 2021, I was never going to do drugs again. And I slipped back up. Don't you grow weary in doing good. You get back up and you just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Pastor, I'm believing for my marriage to be turned around and my marriage still looks crazy just keep swimming 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 pastor I'm believing for my children to serve the Lord my grandchildren to serve the Lord and they're still not serving the Lord Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Don't grow weary in well-doing at the proper time if you'll keep swimming. Pastor, I'm believing for my business to turn around, but the pandemic messed up everything. Just keep swimming, 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 just keep swimming. I'm telling you, we serve a God that he's not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. If he said it he will do it somebody shout just keep swimming just keep swimming you will see a victory if you will just keep swimming come on would you stand with me at every location would you raise your hand to God and just say I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna keep swimming I will see a victory I'm gonna wait on the Lord God's gonna do it oh don't you leave don't sign off early Get a hold of God. Keep swimming. Keep swimming. I'm gonna see a victory.